Hello everyone, hopefully you're having and or had a wonderful day today. If you're new here, my name is Drew Joyner. I am the host of Beyond the Garment with me, your boy, your host Drew Joyner. Today we're back with the interview series here on the podcast and we have an exquisite, and I do mean exquisite guest for today's episode. Today's guest is Alexandria Massey. She just graduated from art school. She's 22 years old. She's incredibly talented and her focus and her discipline within the arts is creating these crocheted, handmade, just absolutely stunning pieces of work, kind of wearable fashion, wearable art fashion. In fact, if you don't know Alexandria, I highly recommend in the show notes, go to her Instagram and just take a look at some of the works of art she's created. It's hard to kind of put it into words, but it's magnificent. It truly is. It's really cool what she's doing, and um, I'm excited to have her as a guest. As a reminder, if this is your second time listening to this podcast, feel free to leave a five-star review. It means a ton to me. Every new five-star review that I see about the podcast, I just get that jolt of energy and that motivation to continue making these episodes all for free, all for you guys, all for the culture, and uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying them. Let's get into today's episode with Alex. Some people are talented. Then there's people like today's guest, Alexandra Massey, who distinguishes themselves as gifted amongst the talented. Hopefully that makes sense. I've been following along with her journey for the better half of 2022, and I'm incredibly excited to have her here on the podcast. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for the kind intro. You're welcome. Let's let's not pretend like I just did that intro three times over. We don't have to talk about that. Oh, okay? that's okay. But, <laughs> it's <laughs> it not my best once. day today. It only happened once. Yeah. Exactly. That's all the audience needs to hear. That's all they need um, to know. Not my best day today. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Alex, I've been a fan of yours for quite some time now. We talked a little bit before the podcast started recording and um, I'm excited to have you on. You're an incredibly, inter- incredibly gifted individual from you know, creative standpoint, your crocheting is amazing. Your videos on TikTok are captivating and all the kind of things that you do, um, you do at a high level. And I thought it would be fun to have you on and just learn a little bit more about you. So starting off with the first question, taking it back before we kind of dive into the creative aspect of things, talk to me about your childhood. What was it like for you growing up? Um, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, and that's where I am right now. Um, I'm kind of like figuring out life after university is what I would basically call it. Um, So I've moved back back in with my parents. But um, so I was born and raised here. um, And then I left when I was 17 to go to art school on the East Coast in Halifax. But I would say my childhood was like, very pleasant. Like my parents are like, they're still together. Like they were they love each other very much. Um, And neither of my parents are artists. Um, They're both like sociology majors. So um, they're not like super well versed in the art world but like my mom's always yeah my mom's always appreciated art a lot so anytime I was interested in anything artsy she would always support me a lot but um all of my friends being artists it's really interesting like going over to my friend's house and like all like their parents are artists and I'm just like this is such a different environment it's so interesting but like I like I think it also like um it's nice to have like parents that aren't artist because I can show them what I'm doing and if they kind of react like what the heck that I know I've gone like too far <laughs> in one direction <laughs> so it's really nice to have like I guess a normal perspective in your life 
um but no yeah definitely yeah, yeah i mean no, yeah that makes a lot of sense how would how would you say like like are your the friends you're talking about are they friends that you've had for a long time like yeah so like talk yeah. to me a little bit about like when you were at their houses like what are like some of the biggest differences that you noticed that you saw when you were a kid um i would say just like a lot of the friends that i've kept around for like a really long time like they are not kept around you know like you lose touch with people and you regain touch or like you move places and you get new friends but i'd say a lot of them are like a lot of the friends i have are like extremely artsy um and have like parents that are very involved in the arts um and so i was like almost envious of some people of like my friends in high school because they all had parents that like could help them with their projects because I went to an arts high school so um it it kind of felt like victorious a bit sometimes um but there wasn't enough visual arts representation in that tv show so like a little more visual arts and photography but I would say sometimes I was like envious of some of my friends because they had like very artsy parents but like now I'm really glad it isn't that way because you know, they, they don't really say much about my art. They're always very supportive. And they're like, nice, you're doing that. Nice. You're doing this. Nice. Cause they can't really say anything else like super deep into it. And it's nice to go into like um, a career field that's extremely different from your parents because then, you know, you have different things to talk about and you don't have the pressure of a. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way I think about it. Right. Like, if you have parents who are doing or who have already done what you've done, like it's kind of a competition sometimes, right? Like, or like subconsciously it's a little bit of a competition. So I can only imagine for you, it must've been nice to be able to, you know, have their support because it seemed like they were very supportive, but also like um, not have to worry about like being up to their expectation, like meeting their expectation. Right. Like, and that's something that's totally different if you have parents who are artists, which is like, I don't know. I feel like it probably could be challenging, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. And I assume it would be like also stressful and you feel like you have your life planned for you. But no, they're like the most supportive people like ever. When I was working on that 10 foot crochet spider, it was pretty much sitting on the dining room table for two months and they didn't say anything. They were just like, yeah, you can have the space. Like we don't need the dining room anyway. Everyone eats in the kitchen anyways. Like, <laughs> it's a weird space. It's a weird space to sit around this big table. So like, yeah, you can have it. You can work on your spider there for several months. Yeah. And so like I'd, I'd work on it and I'd cover it up with a tarp at night. So my mom's cats wouldn't sit on it. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, they didn't complain about it once. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you for letting me do this. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's incredible. That's, that's incredible. It's good to have supportive parents. It always helps with, with it in any endeavor, right? Like whether it's business, the arts or whatever it may be. And, um, that's, that's great. Tell me, talk to me a little bit more about Windsor. Cause I I've been to Canada a few times. I've been to Montreal, Toronto. Those are like the big cities, but like, what is it like in Windsor? How would you compare it to some of those other cities? <laughs> it is nothing like Montreal or Toronto. There's like barely any public transit. Mm. Keep in mind, Windsor is like, um, it's on the map. It's the most Southern city in Canada. So mm. it's, directly across the water from Detroit so a lot of like my childhood was like oh we're gonna go to Detroit to do this let's let's or like you know my friends and I got older we'd be like let's hop on the tunnel bus let's go to a concert let's go to some music festivals and we'll hop on the tunnel bus and come back Mm. um and like having being able growing up next to Detroit it was like really nice to just like do big city things but also like Windsor there's about I can't even remember I think there's like 300,000 people I think so Mm. it's not like a very large city but 
it's also um it's an automotive city so very industrial everything's very spread out there's a very small downtown but everyone like all of my friends live like at least a 15 to 20 minute drive away because everyone's in like this suburb or like across town or they're like kind of like two suburbs over or something so um and like yeah attending school and stuff like it's a 40 minute it was a 40 minute walk for me because I chose like a specialized high school so everything's very spread out and it's like very difficult to navigate and live here I find if you don't have access to a car and that's something I haven't like super I don't really like it like I you know it would be nice to live somewhere where there isn't a car and where you're not super car dependent and like I can walk everywhere and I can get everything I need um I can see my friends um, at a reason, like I can see my friends whenever because it's public transit. Yeah. And that's the one thing I'd say, like, not super cool for Windsor. But then again, there's so many like car factories here that it makes sense that the whole city is built around cars. Yeah, I think there's this whole kind of movement going on talking about car dependent cities versus, you know, places that have accessible public transit. And I think for the most part, majority of people enjoy or f- I enjoy public transit. Like I enjoy being able to go on a train, a bus that's reliable and get to places that I need mm-hmm. to go to efficiently. I myself, like I live in, I'm from Colorado, if you don't know, and it's very similar, right? It's a very car dependent kind of part of the United yeah. States. Like you have to have a car and there are like trains and stuff, but they just, they don't really cut it. They really don't. Right. Like it, it it's a once kind of a week thing or maybe once a month thing really. Um, and yeah, I, I totally understand that. And I've, I knew a little bit about Windsor actually because of the car manufacturing. So that makes a lot of sense. I knew it was across the way from Detroit. So it's cool that you like used to just go to Detroit. It's kind of a unique experience too. in the respect that like, yeah, I'm from like Canada, but like I was, I also spent a lot of time in the U S like all the time because it was just so close and that's pretty cool. Yeah. And the tunnel is literally like from my parents' house. It's literally a five minute walk. So Mm -hmm. like I can walk there, can catch the bus and I can be over there in like half an hour. Um, and then from there, they have much better public transit. <laughs> so um, I can go to an art gallery. I can watch like, and I can watch like a, I can watch an NHL game. I- yeah, totally, 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 totally. Makes a lot of sense. Talk to me a little bit about kind of your journey or where your journey started with like being more creative. You know, you mentioned that you had mother who was supportive. You had friends, but like, at what age were you kind of taking, you know? drawing being creative more seriously or just starting in general I think as a kid I was always like very very drawn to the arts like I would always prefer drawing I'd always prefer like the artsy things in school like when we'd have to put together a presentation I'd always be like oh I want to do the Bristol board or or, like um really just do anything like artsy or visual with my hands Mm. um and I think it all really started with like stuffed animals um I didn't really have dolls growing up um my mom was just like very anti, not anti Barbie, but she'd been like Barbie or Bratz dolls. So I pretty much always had like stuffed animals and I used to like um, make knit little things, little yarn things for them. Or I would um, sew little clothes. Like I taught myself how to sew at a, like a really young age. Um, and that was just because I had some scrap fabric and it was just like, Oh, I have the ability to make something. So like, let's try to make it. And that's kind of how I got started with things. And I got my first sewing machine when I was, 11 or 12 I think and from that point on I've gone through so many sewing machines because I just like was constantly sewing like throughout high school 
and I was just like, okay, I have these pair of pants. Why don't I take it apart and do this? Or like, I have this, why don't I take it apart and try to do this? Um, and I was just very curious on how like clothes were constructed and um, how fabric was shaping on the body. And I just like, there's, I was just always so drawn to like the tactile experience of holding a textile, like when it came to either clothes on the body or just like things that could be used or just like a text, creating a textile itself. I was like extremely like interested in that. And I think that's where my interest really started at a young age. And um, when I kind of got to choose my own discipline in art school, I was just like, okay, I'm going to try, I'm going to try sculpture. I'm going to try ceramics. I'm going to try, like I've done a lot of drawing because I was always a strong believer where it's just like, you need to learn how to draw. Like you need to draw how to draw everything. Drawing fabric is important. So I was like doing so much drawing and figure drawing. And, and at the end of the day, it was just like when we had an open project to be like, oh, do whatever you, this, the guidelines are open. I'd always reach textiles. I'd always go to textiles. And so it made sense to me to um, pursue a degree in textiles and fashion. Um, yeah. And I think when I was like, choosing what discipline I really wanted. I was really considering like fashion school because I was like, okay, like I was so interested in fashion. I was so interested in like wearing things, but like all of the fashion schools I were look I was looking at had like a very, like in Canada specifically, like Ryerson's pretty much like one of the only ones here. Um, it, it had a very big focus on like um, the construction and like in fashion. I didn't feel like I could be able to create wearable art. Um, and just like one of one things, like I didn't feel like I had the freedom to be able to do that. So I, I ended up deciding on going to art school, like to an art school that had a fashion program. So, and I think that was great for me to be able to like combine those things and, you know, really explore like what fashion even means and what textiles can do. Yeah, totally. I, there's a couple of things that I love about you explaining kind of that journey. The first one being you you just did what felt natural to you, right? Like you had this inclination for clothing. Like obviously when you're in school, they want to give you the full gamut, the full range of creativity when it comes to the arts. So you were doing sculpture work. You know, obviously you understood that you needed to know how to draw. You probably were doing some painting at some point. You were doing all the things that everyone does, right? But a true like artist, a true creative understands like where their their passion is where that like fire on the inside of them is right and i think it's so cool that like in your thought process you're like well i could go to fashion school but maybe that's not the best route for me because it's too constricting for what i like the niche that i want to go into with the clothing that i want to create or the the one-off clothing or the one-of-one clothing you wanted to create and i think it's a unbelievable kind of like journey to see like when you're young 15 16 17 and and you go into college 18 19 20 21 22 like the difference between what, what when you started like maybe when you were 16 to like i i think you're 22 right now or 21 right now yeah uh, i just turned 22 <laughs> happy birthday yeah. um the difference yeah. is probably you know dramatic right like being able yeah. to see the the two um and yeah so you decided to go to a an art school uh talk to me about that experience like what was it like for you because i know you just graduated as well recently right so talk to me about that mm -hmm. yeah so when I was choosing schools it was like um, I really wanted to show my parents how serious I was about pursuing an arts degree because I feel like you know they were hesitant at first where they were just like you know like may maybe just like why can't you go to a regular like a regular school and just get like a BFA there and it was just like 
I was just like, no, like I need to go to an art school. I need to be in that immersive environment. Alex, I have to like, stop you for yeah. one second because this is this is so classic, right? Like every parent is like, artists don't make money. Artists are starving. Artists are homely. Like don't get an art degree. Get something that yeah. you know. And then you can do art on the side still. It's so difficult as an artist today to really yeah. like double down on the belief that you want to be an artist, right? In whatever discipline. Don't mean to cut you off. Continue. I'll shut up. For oh, it's okay. My parents weren't like exactly like that. They were more just like, they didn't understand the difference between like getting an art degree at an art school and then getting an art degree at like the local university. Right, right. Okay. Um, different, different and, scenario. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not that many art schools in Canada. There's only really a handful. And so I went to several portfolio days. I like brought my mom there. I was like, hey mom, this is the difference. And like once I brought my mom to like, to tour universities and to see what mm. was up she was like okay i understand like you're able to do so much more in a, this kind of creative environment not that i'm saying like going to that school was like is any diff is any wor like worse for you per se but yeah. it was just like i knew i needed to be in that kind of environment and so like once i showed my mom the environment she was like okay yeah you got to go go to an art school and so basically i was just like if i if i'm gonna leave home then like i need to get a scholarship like mm. <laughs> my my whole goal for like um grade 12 and high school my last year was just like i need to do everything i possibly can i need to be creating as much as i can and as good as i can i need to be practicing all the time mm. um and, and that need i need to get a scholarship was basically like my number one goal i applied to like everything i possibly could um i did like everything i did literally everything i could to get a scholarship and i was just like you know these are my few top schools um yes, this school I think is more promising. And it was more, I was like, oh, this school is like, I think it's going to promise me more of a scholarship. So um, I ended up going with NASCA University because they offered me a full ride and I was just like, perfect. Like, I'm going to go there. Um, perfect. Because it was just like, yeah, studying without that extra like pressure of money. Um, I was very grateful to receive that. Um, and so that's what I ended up deciding on. That's why I decided on that university was because of the full ride. Yeah, definitely. It's a huge weight off your shoulders to be able to know that your education is going to be paid for. And obviously, I'm not sure, like if you said it was a full ride scholarship, which is amazing, like even if you can get partial scholarships, it's still fantastic for a student to be able to have that for their like journey. Like it just, it just makes things so much more easier. Um, well, let's talk a little bit, Alex, about like, where you are today because from my perspective i know you as this like incredibly gifted i use that word again like crocheter and like the the pieces <laughs> that you make are like insane um yeah like like how did you learn how to crochet like that like where, where does that start or is it kind of all mixed in with what you've been talking about um i when i was younger my um my grandma, which in Cantonese, it's popol. So my popol taught me how to knit and crochet. And she was like the very crafty one. She had a sewing machine, which is actually in the other room. That was like one of the first things she purchased when she moved to Canada um, was that sewing machine. And so it's nice that I have it now. <laughs> um, and it's like full circle, which is very sweet. But um, she was the one who taught me how to like knit and crochet. And my mom is was like gotten to knitting quite a bit. And so like she kind of helped me out and like, I have yet to purchase the crochet hook because I've all kind of stolen it from my family, um, which I think is quite funny because it's literally my job. But <laughs> she was the one who kind of got 
definitely like involved in like sewing like um crochet any type of like textiles i would like go to like this little room in her basement which is also the laundry room and she'd have all of this fabric and i'd just go through the bins and just like we would just like sew random shapes all the time and so that's what um kind of got me really like started with that and i kind of like didn't use knitting or crochet too much i would use it like off and on for different projects like throughout the years but i think it was the beginning of high school um Pacific I don't even know when the movie Pacific Rim came out Mm. and like I like loved that movie for like just no reason other than the fact that I was like big monsters I love (laughs) and I really wanted to crochet this like one of the big monsters I think they're called kaiju is the the big monsters and I was like I want one so bad and so I I literally like taught myself how to crochet because I wanted to make one of these big monsters to like sit on my bed um and I think I crocheted for like four days straight and like it's it's like massive this thing it's huge I I ended up gifting it to a friend who like literally loves this thing but it, it was just like absolutely massive and I was like that was kind of like um what crochet really kind of like started for me was because I made this giant thing and I was just like oh I can really make anything out of crochet and then kind of died down when I went to art school because I was focused on different uh, like other mediums and stuff like that um and then during the pandemic like everyone else I was just like I'm bored as I'm bored as hell um guess I should pick it up again and so uh I started doing that again um because before the pandemic I was doing a lot of weaving but weaving requires this a big loom and <laughs> not everyone has a loom at home or no one has like a loom at yeah, home. Who has a loom I wanted at to home? <laughs> you know, do something with all of this. I don't know. I was like, what the heck do I do with all of this excess yarn? Like mm. all of my classes are online. I am so miserable. And like mm. the one thing I could do to, I guess like kind of free myself from boredom. Cause I lived alone. <laughs> was just like make a bunch of things, crochet a bunch of things. Yeah. Um, and so that's how it really you know, started with me and I started posting things and I've only really been posting things for the past like year and a half. I haven't, you know, I haven't really thought more of it. I was like, you know, like I'm bored during the pandemic. Let me share this with like the people I'm friends with online. And it just kind of like kept growing and growing from there. Um, And I graduated and now I'm here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. It's so interesting that you bring like every artist, creative business owner I've had on the podcast they put things in reference of the pandemic. And obviously we all had to go through that experience, but like the pandemic is such an interesting kind of moment in time because it happened. Everyone, everything slowed down. Like not only like from an economic standpoint, but our lives slowed down. Like we're communicating on zoom. Like I wouldn't have used zoom in 2019 ever. Right. Like that's just not what I have, what I have done. Right. Cause I would just been in person. Um, And then like, TikTok, social media, there was this explosion of content. And now you have all these businesses that Mm -hmm. were birthed out of it, right? Um, Which is so interesting. Also, I think another thing that's really interesting that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this is like, um, when you set out to make a kaiju from Pacific Rim or like when you set out to make anything with like uh, crochet, Pacific Rim is a good movie. Like it's like a crazy movie. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's so textbook, but I I just like, like I eat it up I love it like. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that but like when you set out to make something like that um and then like you you finally see the final result what is that feeling like because I like it's so amazing like when I see like 
the finished work of someone who just crocheted something. It's like the original 3D printing. It's like, how the hell did you make that's, this? That's, a, <laughs> that's such a good reference, the original 3D printing. Oh, I'm, I'm going to use that. <laughs> you can use it. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> I'll credit you with a little asterisk. <laughs> that's no, no so need. Good. No need. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, but yeah, I guess I kind of looked at it like that because it was just like, I was just like, okay, I have one of this item. Like, what can I do with this item? And like, um, I was I was also doing some knitting at the time. And I think what really drew me to keep going back to crochet was my ability to form things in a 3D sense. And I think like, that's why I love soft sculpture so much. That's why I love fashion, like things on the body because it's 3D and it's ability to work in 3D. I just find like there's this such the satisfaction to just have something in the round, I think. And that's kind of what's always stuck with me over years is just wanting to view things and make things in the round. And so that's why, like, I, I keep going back to crochet and, and things like that. But yeah, no, the pandemic, I think, was like a huge, well, it, was a, it, is, it is still is a huge event, but it was just such a moment for everyone because it was like, we all kind of experienced the same thing. And it was just like, okay, what do you really enjoy? Like, um, you know, and everyone had a lot of time to themselves and it was just like figuring out what you really enjoy. And it was just like, you know, like, I enjoy to do this and there's Definitely. no reason why I can't continue doing it forever <laughs> and i think that's a question that you know we should ask ourselves constantly what do you really enjoy because mm -hmm. the pandemic and everything that's happened in the world like you're 22 like you're growing up i'm 25 myself and like i went through college and experienced a lot of different things but like the older i get the more i see like there's a lot of good things happening in the world but there's a lot of tragedies there's a lot of things that like make you evaluate your existence and so like you only have one life what do you really want to do like it's it's mm -hmm. simple but like it's just so true so um yeah like your work is 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 amazing i kind of want to know about like how you describe your style or like like is there more than just crocheting because i'm talking about crocheting is there more to like your business like the way you think about things than crocheting answer that qu question first then we'll move on to the next one i have <laughs> oh yeah um i would say just like um when I describe things to people or like for example it's like how I describe things on like a first date is how I would do it because a lot of people just like aren't familiar with like or just a lot of people just don't know what what's going on like what or what the heck I'm doing half the time it's just like it's like oh I'm, I'm a textile artist and I create like sculptural wearable art or just like wearable art I work with textiles and wool and stuff like that I don't yeah. try to like box it in too much because like my main focus recently and my like what I call like my current obsession is just like yarn and wool and like now I'm going through my phase where I'm just dying everything myself because like there's just like this such this enjoyment and satisfaction of like getting the perfect color you want yeah. and you're just like yes like <laughs> no factory could make this but my own hands and yeah it's beautiful um so that's what I've yeah, that's what I really enjoyed. What was the? Sorry, I forgot the question. No, no, you answered it. You actually answered both. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's pretend like I knew what the question is because I forgot myself now. And let's just move on to the next one on the list. How long does okay. it take for you to cool. like make something, right? Like I remember like balaclavas was like a pretty big moment for you, like all the ones that you were making. Like how long does it usually take to make something like that? Um, 20 hours or over. It really depends. I find the more I make them, um, the more I like focus on headwear, the more I'm trying to perfect and refine different techniques that I'm doing. Mm. Uh, and so like also dyeing my own materials, that's a whole added few days because yeah. it's like, okay, now I have to dye things ahead of time and let it dry. Or it dry. I'm choosing, I'm like, oh, I, I want to, 
or maybe I want to make something and then diet afterwards. So like, there's a lot of planning ahead that I have to do. Um, And then on top of that, it's like felting is a big part of my practice. So it's just like taking the wool and just like, (laughs) it's hard to describe like massaging it in water until like (laughs) um, the wool kind of like connects to itself. Um, And, you know, you can do that with like just loose fiber or you can do that when something's assembled. And so just like experimenting with those different things and those different techniques and then sometimes I'll like, okay, after that, I'll go back and do this thing or I'll add this thing. And I feel like the more I make things, the more I'm spending time on them and, cre- and exploring, which like makes me happy that I haven't hit like a dead end on this one thing where I'm just like, oh, I've made this one thing a million times. I'm like, no, I'm like making different variations and branching off on these things and, and the process, learning how to manipulate this different material. And that's what's made me really enjoy wool and be like really fascinated with it but I've done like um a lot of other fashion things and I would say sewing was my main thing for the longest time um until I kind of got like really fascinated with wool yeah that's super cool I love the fact that you said that like you're not getting bored of it not getting tired of it and it's something that I'm experiencing as well. Like with my creativity, I make YouTube videos. Like obviously the editing process is where I can be the most creative. And like every week I get to discover a new editing style. Every week you probably get to discover a new way that you can bring together um, an idea. It's, it's some of the most fun in the world. And that's one of the things I love about like accessing the most creative aspects of yourself is like, as long as you're just being playful, like having fun with it, there's so like the variability is so much. You can do so much with it, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, 20 hours, sometimes even more, and you're dying your own stuff now. Like, how long have you been like selling, promoting? Like, obviously, like you've been doing TikTok and things, but like when I look at your website, like how long have you been? How long have you had a website? this flushed out like everything seems to like be very thought out a year a year i i bought i like went to square i got like the squarespace thing um in october of last of 2021 so i've only really had that website for a year um and it was like (laughs) i wouldn't say i'm like a super technology oriented person like i'm not like completely like ignorant at it but like it's definitely like not my like absolute favorite thing to do but I would literally just like I would sit on Squarespace at night for like a few hours and just like figure like things out and see what looked best because I discovered I was just like you know if you look professional then people will take you as a professional Mm -hmm. um and it also really helped with like grants scholarships opportunities because if you have this like nice thing to look at where people can scroll through your work and kind of be like oh tapping on things and they can see not everything, but everything to get an idea of you, it really kind of helps you. But um, I would say like, I would still consider myself fairly like new to like the social media thing because it doesn't feel like I've really been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, I think I only hit 10,000 on Instagram last October. So actually, no, I think I hit around like 10 K when I got my website. Cause I was like, we need to get that. I was like, I need to get this going. Like mm, mm, <laughs> things, mm. things are picking up and I'm not ready to, <laughs> to do everything yet. Um, yeah. um and so I've just kind of like kept growing from there, but I like, honestly, I don't, 
I try not to put too much thought or weight into social media. Like I just try to create what I enjoy and then share it. And if it like does well, then like that's a bonus. If it doesn't do well, that's okay. The process is really what matters to me. And at the end of the day, I'm with myself all the time and I need to enjoy the things I'm doing. Definitely. It makes a lot of sense. So how do you kind of envision, excuse me, how do you envision like your work, your, um, I guess, journey for a lack of better words, moving forward. Do you see it as social media being at the forefront of like how you garner a larger audience to bring more sales in? Do you see it as, I know you did the spider and you've done like one-off projects or is it just a combination of the two? Like I've seen you on YouTube as well. Like talk to me about that kind of like moving forward. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Um, so I think of social media right now. I I've always viewed Instagram as like a gallery because of the pandemic. Like, no gallery spaces we're not going like when the heat of the pandemic was happening for like the first year and it lasted a lot longer in canada compared to the u.s Mm -hmm. um, with restriction wise and so i kind of viewed it as just like okay i can't put my stuff in a gallery how are people gonna know like me as an artist how am i gonna build my cv which is like an artist resume how am i gonna get like get going into the art world and like you know build this into an actual career and so I was just like okay I guess like if I can't share these things in person the next best way or which is now like the best way because or not the best way it really depends like and the new way is to share online Mm. and so I just think of Instagram Instagram is just like this grid and I think of it just like a gallery and I think of it just like all right this is like this is my little art gallery this is like how someone will be able to view my work yeah um this is and this is how i will be able to share things in the future and so that's kind of what i've always viewed it as i try not to like again i try not to put like too much weight into it because i know like how a lot of people get extremely stressed over social media and yeah. i like am very afraid of letting it take over um complete like I guess completely take over my practice like I always want my practice to be my thing and I don't want my social media to like dictate what I do and stuff so um there's a lot of things I obviously create but don't share to social media too because Mm. it's just like you know not everything needs to be shared and if I mess something up then I don't need to stress about it or I have some projects that I've been going back to for the past like three months because I haven't been able to refine it yeah um because I'm very much the type of person to it's like I need this to be like I need this to be gallery ready before like I share it online. Yeah. It's like kind of um, how I've always viewed it as. Yeah, definitely. It's something that I think every business, every creative is dealing with. How do I manage like not overvaluing social media, even though I know it's a powerful tool and like anyone at any moment can like get caught up in the numbers, get caught up in following, get caught up in the sales and in stress. And as a result, like your art, it diminishes as a result, right? Like you'd become a, a worst artist, um, which is never w- what you want, right? Like, I also think that like what you said about how, like at the end of the day, the core of what you do is like, you're with yourself, you're creating. And so mm-hmm. whether or not a post or a, um, yeah, a post or a video does well or doesn't do well, it doesn't really matter because you are still, you still have the ability to hone in on your craft, enjoy what you're doing, refine what you're doing. And the thing about refinement too is like I made like four mistakes when I did this intro and like for me and for anyone, like it takes practice to be able to like get things down. Like I still make mistakes to this day. Like I've never met Alex and like the first impression she's probably like, why am I on this podcast? Like this dude is stuttering, can't even talk. Like 
literally the beginning of this podcast, I made so many mistakes, but like, I have to know that, okay, focus Drew. Like, this is a part of your refinement. This is a part of your journey. Like you've been doing the podcast, you know what to do, like work yourself through it. And like, you do that by yourself when you're like crocheting, when you're making the work yourself. And sometimes you do it with others. Like there might be mistakes that come up, but like every person, every artist, every individual is going to have those hiccups. How do you respond? And I think that like, Mm -hmm. that's also a big aspect to improvement and growth and all the things that come along with being a creative. Um, So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's all process. And the process is like, I think it just like extremely important, if not more important than the product, I guess it really depends on who you're talking to. But I think at the end of the day, you need to just like really love the process. And I kind of like look at that with like life and how like I think of like some of my friends are just like okay I'm gonna graduate from this program and then I'm gonna get I'm gonna go then I'm gonna get this kind of job in this career and then I'm and then I'll be able to make money and then when I retire that's when I can hang out I'm like why are you thinking about this at like at 20 you know like it's it's the process you yeah. know yep. um I think it's so important to really think about like what you actually enjoy and especially about like your art and the things you do, the things you create, like when you go edit things and stuff, it's like, okay, like why I think I try to think like, why do I actually enjoy this? Mm. And then I try to think of other things that I can add into my practice that relate to like the root of why I actually enjoy this. Definitely. I love that. It's a great way to think Mm -hmm. about it. Great way to think about it. I almost forgot to ask you because i want to know about the spider specifically how big how big is that spider first first question (laughs) i have many (laughs) it's like um from like about from leg to leg because the legs are posable they have wires so you can like change how the leg moves um i would say about 10 feet wide on the ground and like it's like a her body is like one big dense beanbag and you have to fold her up and like get a couple people to hoist her in the back of a car um she's quite hefty (laughs) how long did it take you to make that one um pretty much exactly two months two months jeez and then you was it like a commissioned work or was it like you gave it to a shop i think i saw that somewhere yeah, so I received an artist grant from John Flubog Shoes, which is a Canadian shoe company. Um, and they're, they have stores all over the world. And, like, if you have one, like, nearby, I recommend, like, I'm not trying to, like, boost them or anything. <laughs> but I recommend just going in and looking at their shoes because, like, a lot of them, they're just, like, they're really cool. And, like, as someone who appreciates, like, funky wearable art stuff, I was just, like, oh, my gosh. Because my mom, like, my mom and her friends, they all have a bunch of their shoes because they're just, like, I'm older now I can spend my money on like the things I wasn't able to when I was younger so they all have like those kinds of shoes and she was just like hey they have this grant you should apply to it and I was like in the heat of like um my undergraduate exhibition and I was just like so overwhelmed with work from finishing my final collection and I was like like I really don't have time I'm like it's barely sleeping at night like I'll like I'll, I'll try to set some time aside for it and they extended the deadline and I was just like I was like, okay, I have to do it now. Like I have to apply. So I ended up applying and I just like thought I was like, I'm not gonna, I was just like, I've applied to so many things. And like (laughs) most of the things you apply to, you're not going to hear back. And that's just life. Um, And I didn't think I'd hear back because I didn't think I was an established enough artist to even be considered that I hadn't even finished my degree. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to apply and see. Um, And they ended up like choosing me for the grant. 
Um, and at first I was like, oh, you know, I can do a bunch, a collection of different headpieces, but they were like, actually, like, we really love your giant centipede that you did for your graduate, undergraduate exhibition. Um, and so I was like, you know, like, I have so many ideas for bugs. I will make, I like, please let me make a bug. And they're like, literally do what you want to do. And so I made this giant spider. And um, I think like what I really want to do in the future, I just want to make big giant sculptures. I like love massive things. I just want to make big bugs. I just want to crochet giant things. Um, but that's not practical. <laughs> Where am I going to put all these big bugs? So yeah. um, as soon as I got the opportunity to make a giant bug, I like jumped on it immediately. Like I didn't post on social media for like a month or so because um you know I'd post here and there of like different things I had done and hadn't posted because yeah. I was just like my, whatever my life is a spider um and I lost like hundreds almost like thousands actually like thousands of followers which wow. I found like which is I was just like I didn't even care that much I was just like what the heck like I thought if I wasn't posting people wouldn't be unfollowing me but I guess maybe it was just bots or something I, either way I was just like whatever I'm working on this bug this bug is my life I literally wake up make on like make the spider and go to bed um and so like I really enjoyed making that and it was so satisfying after completing this to just step back and be like oh my gosh she's beautiful like That's I've amazing. completed this giant spider yeah. um and so they ended up being like um because Windsor's only a four-hour drive from Toronto oh, they really? were like oh yeah they were like oh can you bring this to the store and I was just like yes I was like yeah mom come on get this thing in the back of the car we're going. <laughs> um yeah so my mom and I drove it up there and she helped me get it on this like they helped me get it on this giant wall they have in store it was like so heavy I thought she was gonna fall but um it's, she's on this big wall so if you go to the John Fluvog store in the distillery tr district in Toronto um, pretty much when you walk in, you'll see this big wall and you'll see this big crochet spider and that's where you can go see her. So amazing! <laughs> it's, it's nice to make something and have it have a permanent place. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah. Especially uh, such a large object. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. I think like the first thing that comes to my mind, well, a couple of things come to my mind is like when I look at this spider and obviously all, all the things you've done before too, were like really well done. But like when I look at this spider, I think of like all the possibilities for Alexandria Massey. Like I think about like museums. I think about other stores. I think about like being recognized like in different showcasings, different galleries. And I, hopefully you see that for yourself too or whatever you see for yourself. Like it's for you. I don't want to project. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Why. Absolutely. I just want to do galleries. I want to make big sculptures. Like Yeah. And I, that's I, the dream but it's not practical all the time so we're working our way there you're working on your, you're working your way there but yeah. i think like even like there are so many opportunities that could arise like i think about brian donnelly i think about cause i don't know if you're familiar but like all the figures that he's made um that he's gained world recognition from and i think like with the stuff you're doing now if it was if the right light shined on it i think you would be one of the like most amazing artists in the world right now. And like you are like, it's, it's weird to say that. Cause it's like, like, you know, obviously you have to have the recognition and you have to prove yourself over and over and over again. But like, if I were to just look at this on your portfolio and I just saw some of the things that you were making, I'd like, damn, like this is a, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's no other words to <laughs> kind of to, to put into context, but yeah, like, do you have any references that you use? Or, like, are you referencing anyone with your creativity? Or is it just, like, 
all from the where inside. i get my inspirations from yeah exactly inspiration um from the spider there's this um there's this giant spider sculpture in ottawa and it looks nothing like my spider but it's just a giant spider i was inspired by it. and like, i have a tattoo of it um which i got like years ago um because my dad lives in ottawa and so i'd go and visit i'd see this giant spider and i'd just be at such awe by it it's this metal spider outside it's by louise bourgeois and so um i just like that was kind of what inspired me um for like the large bugs and just like seeing such a small creature creature at such a large scale fascinated me so much and um just having having um i guess typically like what's defined as like a woman's craft or a woman's hobby um like crochet and how it's often perceived and often like like talked about and just creating it at such like a massive scale where it stops to make you think about like oh my like each individual stitch um because it's like on that spider there's like almost 200 circles that i sat there and crocheted and then i washed them individually which <laughs> it took forever and then i'd wait for them to dry and then Crazy. after i built the armature and the body i'd sew it all together um and so like not only like the process for something so large is so important and even if you think about the headwear that i create it's like scaling it down to like something smaller like that's extremely um important to me too but typically when it comes to like inspirations like what when people are like what are you get inspired by how do you get inspired grab a sketchbook grab a notebook grab a like some paper grab a pen and just go for a walk like that is like my number one suggestion just carry a sketchbook or carry like a something you can write with and just like go for a walk because like that is how I get like almost all of my inspiration I just think about like I look at architecture I look at literally everything just like you know listen to a song you like and just like observe what's going on around you and that's kind of what like um inspires me to really create things I tend to stay like I tend to like actually like completely stay off of Pinterest the only time I go on Pinterest is like share my own art so people don't share it before me and I don't get credited yeah (laughs) Um, yeah yeah and yeah and same with like um Instagram and stuff like I, I follow like so many artists a ton of artists but like I'm not like I'll scroll for like the first 20 posts and I'm like okay time to put it away I don't touch my explore feed I don't touch like tumblr reddit like I, I have all of those social medias but and same with tiktok too but you know I'm just like the the content I'm consuming is nothing like the content I'm putting out there um and I think it's just because like I'm so wrapped up in myself and the own thing, the, my own things I create, I don't really want to like focus too much on like what else is happening. If that makes sense. Right. I might sound like greedy or selfish, but it, it's also just like, I don't know how to consume that many YouTube videos. I watch the same three TV shows over and over again, and I'm extremely content with that. Um, that's awesome. And, you know, like, <laughs> that's like, honestly, yeah, like it's great. I, I have the same 800 songs that I listen to and like <laughs> that's pretty much it's not that I'm like ignorant to other things it's just no, like yeah. okay you know like if someone sends me something cool then okay it's just kind of like if nothing else is I don't really I don't really consume that, that much like media or at least try not to consume that much media yeah um, especially in a world today like that up, has staying updated with world events yeah yeah especially in a world today that has so much I was just gonna say staying on. updated with world events is important too yeah yeah, yeah there's like literally so much going on yeah 
And so it's just like, I try to think about like, there's so much going on. What can, what, like, what's important in my life? You know, cause like my life matters, <laughs> my life matters the most cause I'm spending the most time with myself. So at the end of the day, like, I don't really want to look at all this other stuff. I'm trying to focus on, I'm trying to like focus on me right now, I guess is how I put it. But yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Like you, how do you create a unique impression as an artist if you're always consuming what's new, what's hot? Like, I feel like that's also plays a role too. Like, how can you be, you know, unique with the things that you create if you're always pulling from other places? And that's something that I've yeah. heard before, like other other artists and other people on the show have said that. Um, and even for myself, I struggle. Like I need to make sure that I need to do that too because like it's so easy to fall into the trap of like mindless scrolling and then like subconsciously mm-hmm. like you're just doing the things that you're watching because you're watching so much of it. And so I love what you said early on, like yeah. just go outside, go on a walk, like look at the buildings around you, look at the leaves falling. If it's obviously (laughs) the leaves are falling and like, just be observant. And it's, it's amazing what you'll see when like, Mm -hmm. once you tune yourself to being more observant. So, um, yeah. And just focusing on like the different details that are around you. And I also like, I'd say like the other artists that I take a lot of inspiration from, I guess I would say that I pay a lot of attention to is I have an, I have a minor in uh, art history. So like, I absolutely love art history and like, I will always go to art galleries and take a walk around. And I'm usually not thinking about like, Oh, this person is like this person. I'm more thinking about like, why is this piece here? Why does this piece get the center wall? Why is this, why did this like art gallery get shit? Like get so much, like get like absolutely shit on by the media for spending so much money on this piece. How, like, how, like, you know, trying to break down like what makes this piece so important culturally and how can I attempt to do something similar yeah. is basically like what I try to take um, inspiration from. Yeah. That's um, like the I difference between a professional because, too. Yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. Oh no, no, no go for it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was saying that's the difference between a professional and someone who's just a kind of a fan of something, right? Like I do that as well where like I'm not really watching something for the sake of necessarily the enjoyment or the kind of just the playfulness of it if for lack of better words or like the or enjoyment consumption yeah yeah consumption whatever yeah. like it's more of like an observation of okay mm-hmm. why did this work here what did they do with this piece of art or like this aspect of the frame and and why did it work and why didn't it work and i think something like going about like being observant like that is really really good for uh, anybody who's trying to improve too right like how do you improve your skill sets if you're not also being a bit constructive and in, in criticizing the world around you and yourself so yeah yeah and like um really trying to think about like why am i fascinated with this piece why does it make like why does this make me feel this way instead of being like i like this piece you could like think about like why do i like this piece like think about the parts that make up that that you can you know that you can do and you know we don't live in a vacuum everything is inspired by everything else but like how can you twist that how can you take something and twist that how can you change um the perception of it so when I think of like crochet when I'm creating things out of crochet it's like how can I take crochet and how can I change the way it's being used and how can I you know evolve the way it's being used and that's kind of what I think about when I when I'm creating things 
I think you're accomplishing that because I think when I see, I don't see many people <laughs> crocheting the things that you're crocheting. Like it's pretty spectacular. I can't say it enough. Um, you were just in Iceland, right? You had a residency, a textile residency in Iceland. Kind of yeah. talk to me about like that experience a little bit too, like before we wrap up here, but I really want to know about Iceland. That, that seems really cool. Yeah. So um, I was just like, well, I moved home after graduating and I'm, I'm obviously I'm going to I'm going to relocate and find the city I want to be. It's either Toronto or Montreal. We'll, we'll see. We'll see in the next like few months where I end up. Do you speak any French? But I was basically just like, no, I have a French last name, but I don't speak any French. <laughs> it's ironic, unfortunately. But um, so I was basically like, OK, like I, I want to travel like I don't want to. I don't want to start paying like expensive rent. I want to be able to travel a little bit before um, I like, you know, kind of plant my roots and start paying expensive rent somewhere. And so I was like, okay, you know, I've always wanted to go to Iceland because I watch a lot of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and so um, I applied to this textile residency, which is in Blondos, Iceland, which is like in the North, Northwest. Um, and it's this town of 800 people and they have, it's kind of like their textile capital where they have like a textile museum there and next mm. door is this textile center um, and residency. And so um, for essentially for a month, like you get to live there and you get to live with a bunch of other artists kind of share like the studio space and yeah. you can just create. Um, and it's like literally the most beautiful place on earth. <laughs> um, and it was just like every, every morning I could wake up, I could smell the fresh air and I could like go for, go for a really long run or a really long walk and just like see like the beautiful landscape. Um, and while I was there, it just like, it felt like the sky was so big, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it felt like, it felt like I had never really took an, taken into account just how like much the sky takes up our, like our, what we view and what we perceive in the world and I was like I felt so emphasized when I was there maybe it was because the ocean and maybe like maybe because I saw the northern lights and just like absolutely lost it <laughs> but um that was really interesting and so a lot of the pieces I made were like based off of things in the sky so yeah. like sun moon stars like different northern lights like the I saw like a I saw like a meteorite one night and I was just like this is insane like this Man. is literally like I was like I grew up in the city. This is like such a different experience. And um, being able to do that really kind of changes your creative practice because you're just like so immersed in a different environment that you're not used to. 100%. And you're, yep. you're not doing anything else. There's nothing to do in this town. So all you do is create. And like, I absolutely thrive in those kind of environments. And I absolutely loved it. So Man. I'm going to do it again in February in Portugal. So it'll be super exciting. And I'm thrilled to do that. But uh, it was a really um, great experience and I feel like very grateful to be able to do like an artist residency. Um, at, I feel like, like, I guess like so young in my career is how I would put it. It looked absolutely beautiful. I was planning on a trip to go to Iceland, um, but it got canceled. And so when you were posting about it and I saw the views, I was like, damn, that looks amazing. Um, and you're so right. Like the, <laughs> yeah. your, your vantage point, like when you're like, I don't know exactly where you were in Iceland, like in terms of like the fields and all the beautiful architecture and all the things you were doing. But like, like when you're standing on a cliff, the ocean's there, the sun is there. And like, it just, nature is just present. It just is a different kind of, like you said, like yeah. vantage point that you're taking 
taking in while you're there. It just it just seemed unbelievable. And I love the inspiration you pulled from those things, the items you made um, as a result, like you said, the sun, the moon, and like seeing the meteor. So cool. So, so cool. Um, so, and then you'll be in Portugal, which is awesome as well. You'll be able to compare the two. Or did you say Portugal or Spain? Yeah, Portugal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Portugal in the south. Yeah. And so... Um, That'll be different. Like, this time I'm... Yeah, this time I'm going with uh, my friend who's a photographer. And so, like, um, it'll. I think it'll be a really fun experience um, being with another artist that focuses on, like, such a dramatically different media, which yeah. is, like, also really cool. Like, I love having artist friends, especially, like, when they're in different medias because it's just, like you can relate to so many things, but you also talk to them about their process and you're like, Oh my gosh, I learned something from your process that I can now apply to mine. And I think like so important to your practice, you know, talk to artists and like going back to like how the internet and pandemic has helped. Like I have yeah. so many artist friends like across the world. We're literally like, I'll message them on Instagram and I'll just be like, I need your opinion on this. Let me know what you think. Or like, I'll get like a random quick FaceTime call from someone else and he'll just be like, look what I'm, what I'm working on. Um, you know, let's talk about it. And, you know, you just get talking about art and you discover all these different things. And I'm like, wow, I feel so lucky to have like, just like be around people and to have friends that um, are also very invested in the, in like their own practice and art the same way I am. Definitely. Because it's, sometimes it's just like brain off. I'm going to work on this for literally 12 hours. And <laughs> it's nice to talk to someone who also does that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And being able to, like you said, pull from different, kind of disciplines is like amazing mm -hmm. it's been one of my secret weapons to why i've been able to grow a youtube channel to a hundred thousand and grow on social media and talk about fashion and talk about art and be able to meet creators like yourself is like i feel like a lot of people within kind of the fashion space that i'm in probably wouldn't look your way not to say that like what you're doing isn't amazing but like they probably wouldn't look your way in the same way that like you know, artists would like, if that makes sense, right? Like obviously what mm -hmm. you're doing is very good um, and, and very artistic. It's one of one pieces and it's really cool. But like some people might say, well, okay, this is like a different kind of sphere, but like to me, and, and it seems like for you too, like if you can pull or you can look at some, what someone else is doing in that other sphere and apply it to what you're doing, like it 10 X is five X is what you're doing. It's just, it's such an amazing way to multiply your own creativity. And so uh, yeah for anyone listening exactly. like be sure to look at everything it, it could be anything it could truly be anything it could be video games it could be uh your your local grandmothers across the block who are knitting or playing checkers it could be the little kids playing foursquare it could be whatever um take note of it it's just the world is a wealth of creativity it really is um, exactly yeah and this actually reminds me i was I saw um, a Basquiat exhibit in Montreal like a couple weeks ago and um, I it was just like the whole exhibit was just about like how much inspiration from music he took and it was just like so interesting and fascinating where it's just like um, you're not stuck to like one media like even though I'm working in this one like medium um, you know like you can like do pretty much anything and take little things and bring it back to what you're doing. You totally. know, um, there's so, so much to learn. You will like keep learning for literally the rest of your life. And literally. it does not have to be in school. It can literally be from the people around you. It can be from your neighbor. It can be from anywhere. Like there's just so much to be inspired by and there's so much to learn. And 
take from different things. Yeah, so well said. So, so well said. Alex, we have a couple questions here that I wanted to ask you, more kind of on the personal side. So we're segueing away from um obviously <laughs> the art talk the art talk yeah <laughs> but i guess it still probably will have some art talk to it um talk to me about like what do you do for fun like what do you do just to kind of relax i saw your halloween costume the kill bill like that was a cool outfit <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for fun thank you um i would say like other than ha- like i i want to say i'm crocheting all the time i'm yeah. working on art like all the time i like that know, is I'm your fun literally unable yeah that is my fun that's how I wind down as I work on a different project (laughs) um I cannot separate myself like from my practice and it's not like in a negative way it's just like hey I'm not doing anything you know I'm just gonna do this with my hands or it's just like um yeah we're just like sitting around chatting around a bonfire okay I'm gonna like work on this but um I obviously like love hanging out with my friends um I now that I'm home, you know, I, I get to see my family more. So it's nice to be able to see like um, my mom, my dad and my brother. Um, and honestly, like when people ask like what my hobbies are, I, I like I'm always just like like a little bit of sweat because I'm like, I don't have my hobbies like or work. It's just like everything is kind of piled into Combined. one. And I'm so involved in it. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, yeah. I'm always working on things 24 seven because it's just like, as soon as I put something down that I'm like, for example, a commission, I put a commission down. I'm just like, Oh, but like working on this one specific thing gave me this little idea. I need to, it's like, now that I'm not doing, now that I told myself once I finish this, I can execute that, I, that idea. And it just like kind of snowballs and keeps snowballing. Um, but I would say, like, in the past, I did, like, a, di- a lot of different mediums. Like, this is a giant print I made um, oh, cool. in, in university. And so, like, my room is pretty much, like, surrounded by, like, different art and stuff. And, like, I do a lot of drawing and painting. But I don't usually post a lot of that stuff because it's just, like, eh, you know, I <laughs> don't need to share everything on the internet. Just for fun. Um, yeah. You know, anything can be for fun. Definitely. Um, definitely. But, yeah, I... Yeah, I like to go to I like to go to museums. I love museums. I think those are so fun. Um, I love and, museums too. Yeah, those are. Are there yeah, are there any museums in Windsor? Like, or not really? And there's like a, there's an art gallery in Windsor, but like uh. once you go to it for like all the time, you kind of see everything. There, once you go but... to it for the tenth time, it's like okay, I've seen this. Well, the DIA is where I like to go, the Detroit Institute of Arts, um, and there's this like beautiful mural by Diego Rivera and it's just like called, I think it's called the wheels of industry. And it's just like every t- I've seen it. I've seen it so many times cause I go there all the time. And then just like every time I go, I'm just in awe. And it is like, it's such a large place. And I spend so much time looking at, at things that I feel like I can go back multiple times and I'm still seeing new things. So yeah, totally. that's, uh, that's nice. What about mm-hmm. other parts of the U S have you been to other States in the U S or mostly just Michigan? Uh, I've been to, I've been to a lot of states. I would say the last last time I was in the states was when my family did like a road trip from New Mexico to California. Oh wow! And, and yeah, we stayed in the Grand Canyon for a few nights and hiked the Grand Canyon, and that was like, that was like one of the natural wonders. I was like, I really want to see the Grand Canyon. I was like dying to see the Grand Canyon, and so like, um, that was that was really a nice thing to see and then obviously went to like a bunch of different museums in LA and LA was like I was like oh my gosh this is exactly like GTA (laughs) um (laughs) so that was like 
<laughs> ah, well, that's hilarious. It was like literally the only thing. <laughs> I was like, we stayed in a hotel, and I was just like, this is in GTA. Like, I I was like, I need to go back home and play. I'm like, I need my PS3 right now. Like, I need to play this. But um, you used to play I, a lot of video I, games. Um, during the pandemic, I yeah. would say, and like my dad really loves playing video games, so like played a lot of Mortal Kombat growing up. Um, Finish him. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um just like different fighting games and like um cool. i feel like university a lot of my like my dad was like a very much a playstation person but like all my friends are like nintendo mm. nintendo people and i always wanted a wii but like every time we play mario kart i just like get absolutely beat like it's embarrassing like because i never had a nintendo and i'm just like haven't gotten good at it yet and so I'm just like always in last. Um, oh no, and- that makes it that makes it less <laughs> fun too. Like when you always finish last, you're like, oh, forget this stuff, man. I don't even care about I, Mario I'm just Kart. Like, I've just accepted it. I'm not like I'm okay at like Smash Bros. Um, and that's just like after practicing it because I was just like so tired of getting beat. Um, but like I'm trying to think of like other states I've been to. Just like Flo- I've been to Florida because I my grandparents were mm. there a lot. Did you pass um, through yeah. Colorado on your Mexico to California road trip? No, I did not. What? I've never been there. You need to come to Colorado. Colorado's beautiful. Uh, yeah, state. I'll have to go back. Yeah, been to like Kentucky, Texas. I'm trying to think of just like a whole bunch of them. Stayed in Boston for like a, a week or so. Um, have you seen New York? Yes, I have an uncle in New York. So oh, cool. Very, very cool. I've, yeah, I haven't been back in a very long time, but I'm yeah. like, I need to go back and I need to just spend like days going to different museums and galleries yeah yeah I, there's so yeah. many like in new york and there's a lot of places with a lot of cool art and galleries and california has a lot too but like does, does it overwhelm you a little bit knowing there's so much art out there that you could see but you probably won't in your lifetime <laughs> I honestly i've never thought of it like that but mm. now that you've made me think of that maybe i'll think of that i'm but, so sorry um, i'm so sorry it's, it's okay. there's just so much out there but um I feel like also studying things in school where I'm just like, I had to literally write several thousand words about this one specific painting or this one specific piece of a painting. And now I get to see it in person. I've analyzed this thing to the core, to the point where I almost hate it. And then I get to see it in person and I'm just like, Oh my goodness. And like, it's so, it's like, it's so different. It's like when you, you're friends with someone online and you meet them in person and you're just like, it's always different. <laughs> your, your perception is just like com- completely changed but like in a positive way almost always but always yeah yeah Yeah, definitely definitely what about iceland did you eat anything kind of like crazy in iceland like i don't know if there's anything like cuisine wise that's special about iceland but like did you have any interesting cuisine while you were there um i would say they're they have a lot of lamb um they're like famous for their lamb hot dogs and so like Mm. every gas station has these lamb hot dogs and they put like this special like ketchup not ketchup um they put this special like kind of like mustard on it Mm. and so uh, it makes it taste really good i ended up buying a bottle and bringing it home because my dad loves to barbecue and i was just like here you go and everyone really liked it which was good but um, I had one that was like wrapped in bacon, which like <laughs> felt like so gluttonous, but it was actually like, okay. They weren't like thick, like jumbo ballpark hot dogs. They were yeah. like, they were like, it was a good hot dog. And I was like, okay, cool. Because my neighbor was like, you have to try the hot dogs when you're there. And so I was like, okay, I'll try a hot dog. And I ended up enjoying it and having a hot dog every once in a while. But, and also I think lamb stew is also, that was a big thing, but. A lot of lambs in Honestly, Iceland. yeah. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, the sheep like outnumber people by quite a bit. <laughs> um, but there wasn't like a lot of places to like eat out in the mm. town I was in. So um, I only went to like, I only stayed in Reykjavik for a few days. So I kind of like tried a little more things, but I was basically eating what I cooked and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. Were people nice to you or were, like, was it like really standoffish, especially in the smaller town? I'm curious. Cause like obviously Reykjavik mm-hmm. is where everyone goes to, but when you were up Northwest, like what was it like? Were people nice to you there? Um, I would say like the people there are very like no nonsense. It's just like, you know, if you're at the gas station, you talk to the person, you're, you're not, there's no small talk. It's mm. basically, what do you want? Here's what you want. Okay. Like, and that's pretty much it. Um, and I would say just like a lot, I was like a little distraught. Um, I feel like almost by the way I was like treated because I was just like, I feel like there was like some mild racism mm. um, that I was experiencing. And so by the end of my month, I was just like, okay, i like, I see these people treating my peers completely differently. Maybe, mm. maybe my experience would have been different when I was, if I was like fully white and like that kind of like frustrates me to say, but it's just like, that's the world. Um, everyone's like on an Island, you know, there's yeah, literally <laughs> you know, not, it's like all pretty much like very white people with blonde hair. And that's kind of like the demographic there. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll obviously see a lot more diversity in Reykjavik because it's like, more touristy and it's like the capital yeah um but i would i would say like if you're traveling there like if you're not going to touristy spots like keep that in mind but it's like i would still say like it's not like a danger it's not like dangerous in that sense it's just like everyone's kind of standoffish towards you um interesting yeah quite a few people asked where I was from and I was like, Oh, I'm Canadian. And they're just like, you're not. And I was like, what? <laughs> like what? How are you going to tell me? And I'm I was not... just like, I was like, I think this I, in my head, I'm like, I think this is a translation error. Like, um, <laughs> you know, like, like maybe, maybe they just don't I'm like trying to think of like every excuse in the book, but I'm just like, <laughs> cannot compute. Like, cannot yeah. compute. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, not all Canadians are white. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> have explained that to them. But yeah. Um, other otherwise it was yeah everyone's pretty much like no nonsense kind of like you want this here's the here it is okay everyone spoke english or what pretty much yeah um i would say i run into more non-english speakers in quebec like canada than iceland i didn't run into a single person that didn't speak english yeah and i was actually talking to like the tattoo artist i went to there and she was basically like it's because all of our media is like nothing Mm. there's such a small population that nothing is translated into icelandic and every piece of media almost is like standard english or has like an english translation so like everyone just like consumes english media and i was just like oh that makes sense why everyone has like american accents kind of Mm. or like the ones who have been speaking it since they were very young like or consuming the media since they were young have like very like north american accents which i thought was really cool do you think I have an accent? Just this is another random curious question. Um, no, I don't really focus on accents. I have friends that are just like, I know that person is from this part, yeah. but um, I don't, I don't think so. Do I sound like I have an accent? Like, I would say no. Honestly, I would just think yeah. that you're. I would honestly, because of my ignorance, if I didn't know you were Canadian, I would just say, oh yeah, you're from the U.S. of some sort, or like, yeah, there's a lot I, of people in the U.S. There's a lot of different variations of people. So like, I've met oh. people who talk just like you, and maybe like some things, like you, like the 
like Canadians say like a or like pardon that kind of stuff if I heard you talk yeah. longer maybe if you said those things I'd be like oh she's Canadian but for the most part <laughs> found like, you, yeah. yeah yeah exactly found you but for the most part yeah. I don't know I would just say North America I, I think because I grew up so close to the border I didn't have like any like every there's people going across the border like uh, to for work you know people have like spouses across like it, it's so like kind of intermingled that you know even the accent is um but like I like where I, I go to I went to school out in the east coast and like east east coast people have they have an accent like yeah. they have a very Canadian accent yeah. and like even people from Toronto they have like depending on where you're from in Toronto um or if you're faking it or not like um some people have like very thick accents where you're like yeah you're from this like place but yeah um I think because of the internet um and just consuming media it's all kind of like intermingled to the point where like you know a lot of young people don't even or have lost it yeah I think so too I think Mm -hmm. you brought up a good point too like even regionally within Canada within the U.S. like there's different accents if we went to like the south southern part of the U.S. we, we would have an accent you know what I mean like if vice versa like if you went to different parts of um obviously quebec like and you try to speak french or try to do a little bit like they'd be like oh good good try that, that's good you know like it's awesome <laughs> yeah. um, i remember when we went to montreal um my my partner my girlfriend she speaks french fluently and like to her the uh quebecois french is disgusting like she knows like the traditional yeah. french french from france she's like she's like what mm-hmm. is this is this even is this even french like literally so it's always fun to kind of have those conversations because like human beings are just so it's so interesting sometimes like what is going on <laughs> yeah um, no i've i've heard like a lot of like um i've met like i met a few artists that were from france at the artist residency and like they're like oh we're canadian and they're like your french is awful like we're like we don't none of us here actually speak french it's like i've heard heard some of you like i've heard canadians speak french and it's awful um and i just like I, it just makes me laugh because i'm just like do you speak any other so languages interesting. nope <laughs> it's just, just english just english me too we can uh, yeah <laughs> keep it english yeah <laughs> yeah i know and i feel like so i feel so like like stupid when i meet people that are european and they're just Same. like yeah i speak these three languages casually and i'm just like, like i'm struggling to piece together what i'm trying to explain in the language i like was taught and like I, I just you saw comprehend. me stuttering at the beginning of this yeah. literally do i even know english i only know drewish drunglish Dru- Dru- i don't even know what I'm <laughs> your own language your own <laughs> dialect my own dialect <laughs> <laughs> Well, Alex, it's pretty funny. It's it's been great being able to talk to you for the last hour, fifteen minutes. I think the conversation came out to be really, really smooth, and everything went really well. Um, I want to throw one last question at you before I let you go. Um, I know you're going awesome. to Portugal early 2023. Um, talk to me about like how you vision envision the future for yourself, for the next one, two, five years. Where do you see yourself? Um, going that's like i find that a difficult question because like a year ago if you asked me like oh do you think you're do you think you'd be able to be an artist full-time and do what you're doing now would you think that's possible i would probably would have said no and so like i try not to think of things too far ahead because things are changing for me just like constantly i guess um not in a like stressful way and it just like more opportunities will always arise if you are like trying to pursue different things um i think in like the next year i will like obviously end up relocating i haven't decided either toronto or montreal um 
honestly it's looking like Montreal at this point um but uh after that like who knows I think I just like want a different experience of living in a different city I've kind of like my four years in Halifax I'm like okay I know the city like I'm ready I'm ready for a change of scenery um and just like being in a also in a place with like you don't need a car and better public transit um as for like my work and my practice like I'm definitely working towards like creating more larger pieces and hopefully like having them more in galleries just because I feel like when I create larger pieces they're meant to be in galleries and that's the space I want them to be in um and then I don't know until then I'm still like I'm doing commissions here and there because you know that's what (laughs) that's what pays bills and um also it's like it's, it's sometimes it's fun to make things where other people create the ideas um it's really interesting to see what people come up with because it's like oh I would have never thought of that and so I'm always happy to just like you know work with people you know they don't have the skill set to create something okay cool I do let's work together and so that's like what's really enjoyable but I'm just kind of taking everything like one month at a time and just um figuring out what I really enjoy, why I enjoy it, and just continuing to do that. And I try not to think more into it. Yeah, I love that. You're 22 years old. You have 80 years left to still create. You're going to be in your (laughs) 20s. I'm putting it out there. You're going to be in your 20s for the next eight years. And, you know, from, from me to you, I'm not that much older than you. I'm 25. But, like, enjoy the process. Enjoy the journey. Um, and I'm going to be rooting for you, um, from the sidelines. And if our paths cross, it would be great to be able to meet you. I do need to get myself something from, from, from your hands, from, from your crocheting. That would be awesome at some point, but um, my DMS are open. (laughs) Perfect. I'll have to, Mm -hmm. I don't know the sun, the one, like the sun one that you have, that was pretty cool. I might, I might ask you to do that, but we'll see. Well, I I can do whatever. We'll we'll um, figure out something unique for you. Perfect. Um, I just got this, the YouTube plaque. Maybe I can get a. Actually, I don't know. That could be. Could be that could be kind of lame. Anyways, like <laughs> yeah, something like a little frame or something. Uh, Alex, it was great having you on. I appreciate you t- your time so much. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you so much for having me.